The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the windup of his first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my God. Deep to right field. Way up there. They're going to wave him in. I don't believe it. My, oh, my. And look who's coming up. You have got to be kidding me. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Okay, play ball. Happy Friday, everybody. We are back in full fashion for a full slate of games. This is Payoff Pitch, Action Network's go-to MLB betting podcast. It's great to have you back for a full slate of games. Brendan Glass, your host with Action Network Senior Editor, Colin Whitchurch, Action Network Senior Writer, Sean Zarillo. We have been with you all season. And uh, yeah, we enjoyed a couple days off. Of course, there were bets to be had yesterday, but now with a full slate, 14 gamer, Tigers and Twins are off today. They don't play till tomorrow because the Tigers had a doubleheader yesterday against the A's. We're not even going to try and figure out why and how they make this schedule in baseball, but that week off at the beginning of the season due to the lockout might have something to do with it. But we will go through the public. What's the public on today? We're going to fade the public. Uh, We won't tell you the matchup. We'll get to that. Underdogs. We're always on dogs on this show. Topic of the day. The Seattle Mariners are going for a 15th straight win against the Astros. We're just coming off a mini series with the Yankees. And then we'll have some final bets. But we start payoff pitch with best bets. Are you going to place a bet or what? They never quit. It's unbelievable. It's kind of the game within the game here. Colin Whitchurch, why don't you get us started, please? Yeah, I'm on the Blue Jays over the Red Sox today. This is a bet on Kevin Gaussman, someone that we talked about a lot in our midseason look-ahead second-half preview show on Wednesday. Gaussman is a Cy Young sleeper. Really like him today against Boston. Obviously sitting there with a 2.87 ERA, 2.85 XFIP. One of the leaders in in wins above replacement, 3.7 wins above replacement this year. He's got a 10.15 strikeouts per nine and only a 1.72 walks per nine. Going against this Red Sox offense, which is tough to strike out, 20th in strikeout rate, but also doesn't walk much, 24th in walk rate. Gaussman's going against Nathan Eovaldi. This will be a second start back from injury. He was kind of uneven in his first start back against the Yankees. He only threw 78 pitches. 
went four and a third innings, gave up six hits, three runs, two walks, and four strikeouts. So this is more just me not trusting Uvalde yet, that he's fully back from injury, and a bet on Gaussman that he's back, or I mean that he's, you know, at full strength, one of the best pitchers in the American League. I think that this is priced. I, I think that the, the odds makers honestly aren't, aren't really sure how to price Uvalde right now. But I think the Blue Jays should be a little bit bigger favorites than they are right now. I like them at minus 125. Yeah, game is at Fenway. But, yeah, the, the Red Sox, they've had their struggles this year, too, against uh, Gossman. He's at plus 1,700 right now to win the Cy Young, sixth favorite in the American League. How about you, uh, Sean Zerullo? Best bet for this Friday slate. Yeah, I was going to talk about the Blue Jays game later. I may as well get it out of the way now. I actually prefer the Jays on the first five inning at this point. I projected the first five line closer to minus 140. I have the full game line right at minus 120 because I do give the Red Sox a better bullpen than the Jays. So if you're going to play it at this point, I got minus 108 full game on the Jays last night. If you're going to play it at this point, I would take the first five line and just get that Gaussman versus Eovaldi matchup out of the way because I do not trust that Jays pen. As for my best bet, I like the Guardians in both halves against the Chicago White Sox, down to about plus 122 for the first five and plus 118 for the full game. Two teams I have projected to basically finish within a couple of wins each other in the AL Central standings. Same number of wins currently. This is mostly a bet against Lucas Giolito. 4.5 expected ERA for him this year, but his velocity has taken a dip. Has sat around 94 miles an hour in the past three seasons. This year, he's down to 93 on average. And his past two starts, he's down to 92.4 and 91.9. So that fastball continues to decline for Giolito. Zone rate is the lowest percent of his career at 40%. The Guardians have the lowest strikeout rate in baseball, lowest swinging strike rate in baseball. So they should be able to rack up the pitch count, get into that White Sox bullpen, and I give the Guardians a bullpen advantage over Chicago, in addition to being the better defensive team. So make this line closer to about plus 110 in either half for Cleveland. Like them at big plus money. I think their bullpen has pitched better this year. And teams coming out of the all-star break, typically the favorites win because they have the better bullpens, the more rested bullpens. Well, don't think that's the case necessarily because I give the Guardians the bullpen advantage. So Cleveland in either half here, my favorite bet for Friday slate. That's good to keep in mind for for all bets here this weekend and really out of the break, rested bullpens and teams, of course, stacking their rotation, their starting rotations fittingly. Um, Of course, that depends, too, on the opponent based on the importance of seeding or where you're located in the wild card or division standings. So something to keep in mind as well. Let's go to fade the public. So what we do for this segment is we look at the Action Network app and we see, okay, Where's all the money coming in? Who, who is the public in love with for this slate of games? And one that jumps out to us, the Brewers are at home hosting the Rockies. Brewers are getting 91% of the bets and 99% of the cash is coming in on Milwaukee. So Colin Whitchurch, are you fading the public or what angle are you taking on this game, if any? Yeah, generally, if I see a line like this one, Brewers are minus 280. The Rockies are plus 235. I'm going to look toward the underdog, but I am staying away here. Corbin Burns against Antonio Senzatella is just too stark of a pitching mismatch here. So I understand why the public is on Burns here. From a money line perspective, this is a stay away spot for me, but I do really like the first five under here, under four at minus 120. You know, Senzatella is not a great pitcher by any means, but he is better away from Coors Field. 
uh, OPS in the 800s on the road as opposed to in the 900s at home. And the Brewers offense has been slumping coming into the all-star break. So this is kind of a bet against them getting it going early against Sensatella. And then a bet on Burns being Burns. I, I expect him to, to do what he does against the Colorado offense. No issue. So under four, if you can get that, um, obviously it's a little bit juiced minus 120. I, I like that bet in this instead of taking a side. If it weren't for Sandy Alcantara of the Marlins, Burns is probably your, your your favorite right now to to win the Cy Young. He is next in the odds in the National League, so makes sense on an under there. How about you, Zarillo? Which angle are you taking for this game? I bet the Brewers in the first five innings last night, I missed out on like a minus 225 that was out there, but I was able to get minus 245. I projected their first five line at minus 275, so I wouldn't go past really minus 250 if you're going to bet Milwaukee in the first five innings. But if you're playing the full game, and as I have mentioned in the past, if I see value on one team as a first five favorite, the other team as a full game underdog, if it's tied after five innings, if that team is trailing by one after five innings, I'll look to jump in on the underdog side at a similar or better price. So Rockies would be the full game play, but I already played the Brewers in the first five. I'll maybe look to add a live play on the Rockies once these teams get into the bullpens because I don't see as stark of a discrepancy as I do between the starting pitchers. I'm also leaning to the over. I bet the over seven, I believe, the over seven and a half of plus money, I wouldn't really go anything past plus money, but could be a sneaky game for runs. Okay, very good. And looking at that game right now, it is still at plus money on DraftKings. Uh, the number's set at seven and a half, plus 100 Rockies Brewers. Game is in Milwaukee, not Coors Field, just to... Give folks clarity there. Okay, speaking of fading the public, because oftentimes when we talk about fading the public, it, it it's one side that's a drastic dog and then a heavy favorite. We're going to talk underdogs. Uh, where's my dog? Uh-huh, where's my dog? Uh, where's my dog? Colin, you're going to turn to – you're going to Camden Yards for this pick. Yeah, I'm on the Orioles against the Yankees. Uh, a, a little bit of trepidation in taking the Orioles. You know, there was a story out there the other day about all the liability that sports books are facing with the Orioles this yes. year because of their surge. And, and there was a quote in there from uh, Caesars exec who said that the Orioles price has improved by about 40 cents since the start of the season. So they're not as heavy of underdogs against the Yankees as you would hope. But I still like them today because I love Tyler Wells. I, that's a picture that I've, I've loved to bet on all season. I'll continue to do so. We've talked about his stats ad nauseum. He, you know, he, he doesn't walk a lot of guys despite the fact that he doesn't strike out many guys, but he limits hard contact. One of the interesting things I saw about Wells is that, you know, the Orioles don't give him a super long leash. There's been plenty of starts where he's only gone four and two thirds, maybe five innings, but regardless of that, he hasn't allowed more than three earned runs in a start since his first start of the season. He's had a lot of threes out there. So you know, the ERA isn't quite what you would expect it to be with a stat like that because he'll have a lot of, you know, four and two thirds or five innings with three earned runs led. But still, you know, the general by the book definition is six innings, three earned runs or less, the quality start. Even if he's not getting to six, he's still allowing three earned runs or fewer. I like his run prevention ability. I think he's going to continue to do so today. And Jamison Tyone, on the other hand, has faced Baltimore three times already this season. He hasn't made it through five innings twice. And he hasn't made it into the sixth inning a single time in those three starts, kind of up and down results there. So Baltimore plus 135. I wish we were getting a better number now, but the public is starting to respect Baltimore. The sports books are starting to respect Baltimore, but I still like them at plus 135 today. Eight and two in their last 10. They had that big win streak, of course. And I think 
in that article as well, you'd find that the Orioles were the most profitable money line team in the first half of the season. So we'll see if they keep it going against New York AL East matchup. Okay, Sean Zarillo, you're often on underdogs when you give out your picks based on your projections. What do you have for us in this segment? Yeah, I just want to piggyback off the Orioles real quick sure. with Colin. Um, I almost put them in this section too as my favorite underdog. I was torn between the Orioles and the Cubs, so I'll touch on it in a second. But I do like the Orioles quite a bit. First five to plus 118, full game to plus 125. We talked about the Orioles being very profitable. They do have the sixth toughest schedule the rest of the way, so something to keep an eye out on. They play a lot of tough teams. Down the stretch, I actually bet their midseason under 75 and a half wins after being on their preseason over 60 and a half. So we'll see if I can end up middling that. But Tyler Wells, seventh in pop-up rate, gets a lot of pop-ups, a lot of free outs. And we've talked about the wall in Camden Yards this year. He's a fly ball pitcher who's going to benefit from that wall being pushed back 30 feet. So that park plays well for Wells. I like Wells a lot. I think he's out of red. I just don't bet his strikeout props because, as Colin mentioned, he seems to have a pitch limit. He gets pulled after 80 pitches, five innings each time. So... Careful with the strikeout props. I see people betting his overs. Those are not good bets, in my opinion. My favorite dog, though, aside from the Orioles, is the Chicago Cubs. I basically make them, I pick them, a direct pick them in the full game and a favorite in the first five innings against the Phillies. Justin Steele has been great. 3-5 expected ERA, 377 expected FIP, 50% ground ball rate. He does walk hitters about 10% of the time, so command can be an issue. But the Cubs also have a top five bullpen per expected FIP and a better bullpen than the Phillies. So even though I actually make Steele the better starting pitcher, I give the Cubs a pitching advantage for the entire game here, like their first five line to plus 102, their full game line to plus 108. Chicago, Baltimore, my favorite dogs today, aside from my best bet, which is the Guardians. I've got a few more dogs coming up in a second as well. Excellent. Very good. Let's go to our topic of the day. We said it at the top of the show The surging Seattle Mariners are going for a 15th straight win against in-division rival. 15th straight win overall, and now their next matchup is against division rival Houston, who just came off a miniseries with the Yankees. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So are we are we riding this uh, this train here, Colin? Mariners are plus money tonight, plus one hundred. Astros the favorite. Total set at eight and a half. And just to uh, clarify here, Seattle is home. Seattle's home in this game too. How do we play it, if at all? You've heard Zarillo say many times on this show that when teams are on long streaks, it's usually when you look to bet against them because uh, books are going to price them a little bit differently and. That's exactly what I'm doing today with Mariners Astros. I think that 
the Astros would be much more significant favorites if it weren't for the fact that Seattle is on this 14-game winning streak. Jose Arquiti is someone I've looked to bet against uh, a lot this season, but he's looked a lot better lately. Uh, I'm starting to come around on Arquiti. He still doesn't miss a lot of bats, but you know he's he's great at run prevention. One of the things that you, you kind of gotta gotta get used to is some of these some of these guys who don't miss a lot of bats, their peripherals are always going to look really bad. But if you have a long enough track record, so that's what a lot of these, these advanced stats look at is, is strikeout rate that's factored in at least to a certain extent, but some of them with a long enough track record of allowing weak contact, it's just becomes somewhat of the norm. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing with their That's what we saw. We we've talked a lot about Noah Syndergaard with his reduced stuff. Um, so I like Urquidy in this matchup, and and obviously I'm always looking for an opportunity to get to bet against Marco Gonzalez. Um, we've we've talked about him a lot this season. His peripherals are always bad. He he continues to outperform his peripherals, but I continue to bet against him. Astros minus 120 is is very appealing here. I think the Mariners are just overpriced because of their streak. Urquidy has is the better pitcher here, and I think there's there's going to be a lot of concern I think today about Houston. Obviously, after the All-Star break, they went back home, played a doubleheader against the Yankees yesterday, and then had to fly to Seattle for this. They only had one guy in L.A. for the All-Star break. It was Kyle Tucker. Everyone else either didn't make it or skipped like Altuve was injured. So this is still going to be a relatively rested team. You do have to worry a little bit about the bullpen with the doubleheader yesterday, but I still think Houston is, is the better team than Seattle. They have the better starting pitcher today. So I like the Astros minus 120. Typically, when I throw to you guys, I don't want to spoil the pick, but Zerillo, you, you're passing on this, and I'm curious as to why, because of what Colin said at the front, that you see opportunities here when the other team is streaking, go to the other side. Why, why are you passing? Yeah, just a projection thing. I would love to bet Seattle here based on the spot. I prefer Urquidy. I actually like, like Urquidy quite a bit, and I do not like Marco Gonzalez, so I would have loved to have bet Houston if I found projected value on the game, but I modeled the line at minus 108 for Houston, minus 112 for the first five innings. So I couldn't end up pulling the trigger, projected the total right around eight and a half. There was just no projected value when I ran it through the model. One thing I will say, we talked about Seattle on Wednesday in our second half futures preview. I mentioned that I ended up buying in on their World Series odds, 75 to one, pennant odds, 35 to one. They have the eighth easiest schedule the rest of the way too. So on top of everything we talked about with Seattle, they actually have an easier stretch in the second half in terms of their schedule than they did to what they've played this point. So Seattle definitely making good strides toward that third wild card spot. Thank you if you jumped in on those numbers that I gave out because we bet them down from 75 to 1 and 30 to 1 to 35 to 1 and 15 to 1, respectively, at the win. So kudos to you if you jumped in on those big tags, but I think now is the time to just lay off and ride it out. Colin, are you still in shock that Zerillo is on the Mariners now the rest of the way? I'm loving it. See us rise. We're, we're, <laughs> this, is a, this is a Mariners podcast now. Sorry, we, we got to rebrand. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Before we wrap up, the guys want to give out some final bets. If you follow both Sean and Colin on the Action Network app, they log all of their picks and they give insight as to why they are on specific games, uh, as well as numbers and what numbers to bet to. Colin, you can go first. Uh, You've got a couple and then Zarello's got a few as well. Yeah. Sean already talked quite a bit about Cubs Phillies. I did want to say that I'm, I'm right there with him on the Cubs. Um, Justin Steele is a better pitcher than Kyle Gibson point blank. Cubs have a better bullpen than the Phillies. I won't go too in-depth into this because Sean did, but I'm right there alongside with him on 
the Cubs. The other game I wanted to talk about is Rays Royals. Important mm. note at the top here is that as of this recording, Kansas City has not officially announced a starting pitcher. We're assuming it's Brad Keller. The books are assuming it's Brad Keller. So this handicap is based on the fact that we think it's going to be Brad Keller. It's not Brad Keller. Ignore everything I'm about to say. But I love the under here, and I love the first five under here between Drew Rasmussen and Brad Keller. Rasmussen is primarily a fastball cutter slider pitcher. Brad Keller is primarily a fastball sinker slider pitcher. Both the Rays and Royals have negative run values against all of those pitches. I think the total here is way too high. I particularly like the first five under because I worry a little bit about the bullpen's first five under four and a half at minus 105. I love on Rays Royals. Again, assuming Brad Keller pitches for the Royals. Excellent. Okay, Zarillo, you already hit on a few games, other bets you wanted to hit on throughout the course of the show. So what else do you have for us? Yeah, uh, let's stay with that Rays-Royals game for a second. So Kansas City beat writer has said that it will be Keller. The Royals just have not officially confirmed yet, but we assume it's going to be Keller. Okay. Provided it is, Royals make them slight favorites in both halves, surprisingly, against the Rays, who are a much better team. But plus 104 for the first five innings, plus 103 for the full game would be my bottom price targets. The Royals have underachieved. I still project them closer to a roughly a 71 team in terms of true talent. They've can, played I, can, I, can, I just, can I just jump in real quick? How, yeah. how do you how do you not have a starting pitcher ready to go for the second half of the season? How, how does it's, this... it's embarrassing. This all goes back to MLB and like the rules integrity stuff and how they allow teams to swap out pitchers at the last minute. I mean, they've had four days to figure out a starting pitcher. No for kidding. It's, I just, it's a I just joke. I just put two and two together. I'm like, wait a minute. We just had the all star break. Yeah. How do you not have your rotation set? It's infuriating, especially when you're trying to put games out, lines out for these games the night before. I mean, they could add lines out for all these games yesterday afternoon if they had all announced starting pitchers. So, yeah, it's a joke for cutting you off. I just I couldn't help myself. I'm like, wait a second. We just had the all star break. This is mad. I try to keep that rage bottled up, Brendan. So thank you for echoing some of it for me. I mean, during, (laughs) during the year, I get it. But like this, you just had a break. Anyway, continue. Um, yeah, no, I think the Royals have underachieved a little bit. Uh, I still view them as closer to a 71 team, and they've played at a 63 win pace. So I actually do expect the Royals to be a little bit better in the second half. We saw those guys they called up in Toronto when they had 10 players out in Toronto, and they actually held their own. Their AAA team did against the Jays. So as more guys come up throughout the end of the season for the Royals, I think they're going to be just competitive and on the way up. They're not on the way down. They're, they're on the way up. Uh, just still you know, at the bottom of their division. The Cardinals and the Reds, I like both the underdog and the under here. Wind blowing out in Cincinnati, but Graham Ashcraft is a ground ball pitcher around 55% of the time. Adam Wainwright, around a 45% ground ball rates. Both guys can keep the ball on the ground. The under 10, the first five under five and a half would both be bets for me. In addition to the Reds, first five down to plus 111 and their full game down to plus 124 because they have a terrible bullpen. And then lastly, the Angels and the Braves getting an opportunity to bet on Shohei Otani here. He has been tremendous this season as a pitcher. Last year, his expected indicators were the best of his career between 3.3 and 3.5 as a pitcher. This year, he's between 2.4 and 2.5. His strikeout minus walk rate is up 8%. He's third behind Max Scherzer and McClanahan for the Rays. So Otani has been tremendous as a pitcher prefer his first five line you can bet that down to plus 114 but the full game line has come into range now as well at plus 136 so i do not love betting on this crappy angels team i've had to keep betting on them unfortunately but this is the first time in a while where i've been able to back otani so otani as an underdog i think it should be closer to a pick especially for the first half 
Makes sense. And we discussed this, I think, off the air the other day, but Angels, uh, it's 75 and a half wins now is their their total heading into the second half. And Yeah, I bet that under. I projected it closer to 73 and a half. So, yep, you pushed me towards that, Brennan. Wow. I pushed you towards that, but I did not push you towards freaking out about the, I'm sorry. I just, I, I that, that is, that is just, that is insane. I, I, I just, it just occurred to me when Colin started reading off, like, well, they haven't announced a starter yet. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> we just had an all-star break. They're, they're not the only one either. We haven't talked to Marlins pirates because Pittsburgh hasn't announced a starter. Yeah, we haven't games talked done uh, lines Washington, yet. Arizona. Cause yeah, the nationals haven't announced a starter yet today either. It's well, forward shit. your letters of complaint to 1271 sixth Avenue, New York, New York care C. of C. Rob, Rob Manfred. Manfred. <laughs> it's freaking sport. I don't know how you guys do it. Anyway, it's time for the weekend. That's going to do it for this edition of Payoff Pitch. For Colin Whitchurch, Sean Zarillo, Brendan Glashim, we're with you every Tuesday and Friday during the season. So we'll join you next Tuesday for Payoff Pitch. Have a good weekend. Good luck. Look at this crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave.